Hey, we're back for part two of this interview with Andrew Jones. If you didn't see part one, check it out right now. He is live from Sinai. I can't believe it. It's so cool. Uh, we talk all about Noah's Ark and the tours that he's doing. In fact, uh, if you want to check any of those out, I want to make sure you know uh, up front, go to discoveredsinai.com and you can, you can actually tour these places for yourself with Andrew. He's a super cool dude, um, modern day Indiana Jones. We're going to talk to him uh, in just a moment here, again, in part two of our interview, uh, talking right now about the exodus and the importance of Bible stories. So I'm going to jump into it right now. Here we go. All right. So, uh, Andrew, here we are, buddy. Yeah. Yes, hello. So we got you, uh, live in the studio via Skype. Uh, so excited that you're here joining us uh joining us again i just i just can't get over that you're live from sinai i just think it's so cool tell us a little bit about like specifically where you are on the route uh there maybe kind of what's in the background i think uh, i saw a car drive past a minute ago so i know you're not alone <laughs> yeah no i'm not in arizona I'm in <laughs> saudi arabia um i don't have any um way to prove it maybe uh, uh i could show you uh, the arabic uh saudi um energy drinks oh that's nice yeah all right cool yeah um, but you didn't order that on amazon i, pr I promise <laughs> no i'm on the uh the route there's a couple routes that people have proposed going from the nueva crossing site yeah. to jebel makla which we believe is uh the real mount sinai here in saudi arabia it's part of the jebel laws mountain range um and so i'm on the northern route this is the route that goes uh from the giant split rock around the northern side to the east uh, side of the mountain range. Uh, how for these? If somebody wants to book these tours and they want to go see this in person, uh, you know, is this safe? Is it? I mean, we, we've seen all kinds of stuff. At least I did. I didn't even know it was possible to go to visit these sites. Yeah. So they st uh, started opening tourist visas back in September 2019. And then about five months later, the pandemic hit, so they closed the borders. They reopened last year in August. Um, and so, uh, thousands, um, you know, tens of thousands of tourists have been into Saudi Arabia. There's many things to see, not just uh, the, the real Mount Sinai. Um, and so no one has had any issues. Um, and in fact, I started coming here in 2016 before the tourist visas and we were kind of sneaking okay. around cause we were not allowed to go to Mount Sinai at that time. So you, if you went there, you had to go undercover basically and climb <laughs> the mountain of a number of times that we had to hide from the, uh, hate to say it the police and those you know the bedouin police and yeah yeah we got kicked out of sites before uh, we tried to go to the split rock and twice we got kicked out by the locals saying you're not allowed to go here it's forbidden um, well what do you what but, do you do if uh, somebody wants that as part of their experience their tour experience <laughs> you know ron had that as first experience with ron went here with his sons you know they were jailed. makes it feel more authentic yeah yeah we can <laughs> <laughs> have to recreate it. You have to hire some people to, you know, hold you up with guns or something. Yeah, I, 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 see, I, I, you know, I the authentic Sinai. <laughs> and people thought I had paid the camels out at just the right time. <laughs> I was like, no, we, you know, I drive around. But I know where the camels are because I've been there so many times. Um, and so, yeah, we could do that. We could hire some actors who come out. <laughs> it is more comforting to think of them being actors i will admit so but and they're so welcoming and hospitable yeah. um they always when i've been here you know i don't know 20 plus 25 plus times now driving on the ground walking mainly driving uh 25,000 miles plus just all over i have i keep track of my gps most yeah. of the time 
And so I have, well, have all these routes. You're talking to me on your, yeah. All the you see, like, everywhere I've been. You're, and I've never had anyone threaten me or, um, like, I felt unsafe. They always invite yeah. you to their tents for coffee or tea uh, or a meal. And sometimes they say, hey, sleep here. <laughs> and so you say, no, I have to go. <laughs> so a couple times I slept out there in their tents. And we've had um, some interesting food. They've tried to serve us, like, camel. And <laughs> Holy cow. Holy cow. You know, I mean, what well, says something that you're Skyping with us from uh, from the location there. So I, I would say check it out. I mean, I, I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm, I'm all in. I can't wait. Uh, we, you know, we got the tour booked with Andrew, and I'm going to take lots of good video and pictures and everything. Uh, I'm looking forward to climbing the summit, going up to the, you know, the, the place where the Is few. Israel would die. Uh, if they, <laughs> you know, or they yeah, thought they would die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's incredible. I'm going to show just some pictures here of, uh, I guess, of Sinai. We're looking at, I guess, the Red Sea. Uh, this is uh, Nueva and, and uh, the, the, just adjacent to that, of course, across the Red Sea. Yeah, where fact, we... you're going on the uh, Egyptian part of the tour, too, okay. not just the Sinai tour. So you'll see that part of the Exodus route where yeah. the Israelites got caught at the Red Sea. Yeah, and, and it's basically a um, the, the, a natural land bridge. It, this is one of the interesting places about this location is that it's there's yeah, actually a place I'll where they could have crossed. A, yeah, I call it a walkable path. Uh, you know, land bridge is a very specific term. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you'll get critics attacking. There's no land bridge there. Well, it's uh, a walkable path. Okay. Yeah. Can, yeah. If you move the water out, you can walk it, and it's not like uh, cliffs underwater yeah. where you had to rappel down. So, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So, and then, you know, you, you see too, um, uh, basically, I don't know if it's Wadi Watir, there's like basically a, a path where they're hemmed in by mountains, you know, and, and, yeah, and this on is. the Egyptian side. Yeah, that's why they complained to Moses. Why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? They had yeah. no way to escape. And, and so that's um, what. That's one of the amazing things to me is some of the different theories that people have proposed for the Exodus being small in scale and, you know, basically, I mean, it, 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 it kind of creates unbelief, I think, in, in the whole story in general, which again gets to our point in this episode, and that's talking about the importance of Bible stories. But seeing these massive mountains and how they were hemmed in, and it, it really... I mean, it really makes it feel like the, you know, 1956 Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston, where you see, which ironically now when I look back at that, I go, wow, that that really seems like it was more accurate than some of the other depictions I've seen in, uh, you know, in Hollywood. But just the scale of it, that that, that was just what I wanted to say, you know. Uh, we're also looking at a picture of uh, Elam. I believe where where you see yeah. like there's basically a an oasis in the middle of the wilderness. Yeah. So Moses, after the Red Sea crossing, and when he's in the land of Midian, taking the Israelites through this area, he's taking them to different oases where they can get the water. You know, water was very important. It was not until the Rephidim um, location where they encamped, where he hit, you know, he struck the rock and it split open. That's where they had no water. So everywhere else where they were encamping, they had a water source. Um, so Rephidim was the first time they started complaining for lack of water. Um, and so, yeah. Um, so you have in, in the land of Midian, which is northwest Saudi Arabia, you have different oases that are very important. Um, and you find archaeological remains there from different time periods because people obviously would want to live near the water source. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think one of the things that we found, too, is uh, Jethro's, Jethro's Caves. Yeah, that's what it's named on the tour guides. And, uh, you know, even back to the Middle Ages during the Islamic period, they would yeah. call it the tombs of Swaib. He was the prophet that they called Jethro in the Quran. And um, 
And so you have these tombs there. Now, they are Nabataean style, the, the facades of them. So this is like the tombs you'll see at Petra and in Median Salah, which is the Petra down here in Saudi Arabia. So the Nabataeans were from the time of Christ. They were like uh, desert traders. They lived out here. But um, it's possible that they reused the tombs and these caves that, were that there. the Midianites lived in. Um, and so th that's in the area of Al-Bada, which is the central location for the land of Midian. And it's kind of like, you could say, they not the capital or the headquarters of the Midianites. Yeah, um, yeah. And it said that Jethro was the high priest of Midian or the priest of Midian. And so and the tradition has it, uh, you talk to the locals even today and back in even the Middle Ages, that Jethro lived in this area of Albada, the modern name we call it. And then back in the time of Christ, that city there was called uh, Midian. It basically a uh, similar, the Greek wow. version of the Midian name. Uh. So even during the time of Christ, they... They, they believe that Midian was around Albada, which is uh, where we take you on tours. You can see the Well of Moses, uh, the traditional well there, the, these uh, tombs or, or um, caves of Jethro. Um, so it's a very important site. Yeah, and these are all places that you'll we'll see on the tour. And, um, and And you mentioned Midian, too. So this is one of the important things, I think, for people to understand is that in the Bible, it says that Mount Sinai was in Midian. And when you yeah, actually do the ancient yeah. look at the ancient documents, this is that's where you are. You're in Midian right now. You know the the traditional site of Mount Sinai, more in this in the Sinai Peninsula, is not where Midian is. Yeah, it makes zero sense to put Sinai way in the southern Sinai Peninsula. On, on my uh, uh, ancient uh, Egypt slash Exodus tour, which you're going on, we do go to the traditional site of Mount Sinai, so you can compare. Say, hey, I've been to both. <laughs> um, and you'll see the site is way out in the middle of nowhere in these mountainous area. And so if Moses is living in Midian, because it said he fled Pharaoh, and he was fleeing for his life when he, after he had killed the Egyptian, he fled to Midian. He lived among Jethro's family, and he married Jethro's daughter. Um, and he, for 40 years, he took care of Jethro's sheep. And then in the biblical account, the first time you hear or you read about Mount Sinai, the name itself, it says the mountain of God, um, is when Moses sees the burning bush on the mountain, and he's taking Jethro's sheep to the backside of the desert. And so if you know that Midian is in northwest Saudi Arabia, and you look at a map and see where the traditional Mount Sinai is, how does Moses take those sheep all the way around the Gulf of Aqaba, you know, the Red Sea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moses yeah. And the sheep. He had to go all the way around. And he had to get to this traditional Sinai for no reason. Yeah. Why is he on this long migration? That's... He has plenty of uh, <laughs> oasis here in Midian. He has. Well, it's taking uh, him six months here. to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is no, no. Is that from Bedouin Sinai? Yeah. You can see it. It's a it's a migration they do based on seasons. The seasonal migration from the valleys to the mountains depends on the temperature. So when it gets hotter, they they go down into the valleys. When it's cooler, they're up in the mountains, or vice versa. Um, and so, anyways, you have Moses doing this when he, in the springtime. He's taking the sheep up into the mountains, um, and this is where he sees the burning bush. Uh, he's not going on a long trip uh, and hijacking and <laughs> stealing Jethro's sheep to go all the way over <laughs> to Sinai <laughs> Peninsula, which is outside of Midian. And uh, the, Jethro would have sent the search party after him, you know. <laughs> my son in law, my new son in law oh, stole my sheep. Haven't seen him for six months. He's <laughs> gone. Yeah. If, if they even survived the sheep, you know. Yeah. You know, so. That's incredible. If, uh, I mean, if you're interested, I, um, I don't know if, Andrew, if you've ever met Joel Richardson, he put a, a pretty good yes. academic series together on uh, on Sinai, and yeah, where he covers a lot of these issues was, at length. Yeah. 
yeah, he, he does an amazing job on it. And uh, right before his first trip here, and I think it was uh, 2018, um, he called me up. Someone shared my number, and he wanted all these tips and, like, how to, like, where to go where, <laughs> you know, because he, he knew I'd been there many times. And, and so and then I met him on site out here in 2019. He invited me to join his media crew in October, right after they did their first official uh, tour. Uh, which was mentioned on Fox News and everything. And so this, you know, a month after Saudi Arabia opened for tourist visas, he yeah. um, brought his group in. Uh, and then he flew me in and um, I met with his team and was here for about a week with them. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, some of the other neat things, if you do go on this tour, is you'll see all the stuff that we mentioned. You will also uh, climb the yeah. summit of mount sinai and you can actually see the see the peak you can see the blackened peak um yeah that, man tell us a little bit that. about that <laughs> I, uh, I know you yeah, were there so this is your picture i think yeah yeah as well I, most of my trips i had photographers with me uh, taking media for us but um that's probably one of nathan's photos uh, if you're showing the one i'm thinking to show it anyways it's about a day's hike up and down uh, you know, for the pace I do now, you can go up to the halfway up where there's like a plateau area. We believe that the 70 elders from the Exodus account, um, you have Moses, Aaron, Joshua, the 70 elders eating with God on Mount Sinai. And so halfway up the mountain, um, wow. about you know, a two hour hike, you have this area that's very flat, very nice, cool temperatures there. There's water, um, greenery. Um, and so Moses, you know, it talks about him going up and down the mountain to talk to God when they first get to Mount Sinai. And so this is a perfect uh, uh, example of how it fits the biblical account, this mountain, because you see these different geographical uh, features. Uh, now, the mountain is very unique because you do see um, uh, this blackened rock from the base. And it covers, you know, that top of not the that mountain but the one beside it to the south um and so that rock we do know it's basalt but it is a uh you know makes a very spectacular picture and when you get to the top you're standing in that basalt volcanic rock where the presence of god was it says you know his the fiery presence came down and it was on the mountaintop and that's where he spoke the ten commandments out of there yeah um, and so i think it's a special experience i love you know when i climb up the mountain um, i always say why am i doing this it's kind of a token now <laughs> and then kind of every tour of your you're still alive you survived it so we know we can too yeah and then on the way down i say never again and then i repeat that every year <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have these interesting, you know, accounts in the Bible of, uh, I guess, a prophet, Elijah, and who knows how many other ones, and Paul going, I mean, Paul, it's, it seems to, yeah, it seems to Sinai, because he says, I went to Arabia, and then he mentions in, also later in his letter to the Galatians, where he says he traveled to Arabia first, um, uh, you know, probably understanding, too, why he would have done that, because now Christ has changed his life, um, rocked his world, literally, where he was just an adamant, uh, you know, Jewish law following, you know, um, person. And then he meets Christ and, and it just shakes up his whole paradigm. So he's almost like he's going back kind of like Elijah was back to, uh, you know, back to, to Sinai to where it started. Uh, interestingly, when, when Elijah goes there, uh, he, you know, hears the voice of God saying, why are you here? Almost yeah, like, God, you know, we're, I didn't tell you to go down yeah, we're going back. We're going, yeah. Back. 
Uh, so I, I <laughs> you didn't hear anything, anybody speak to you. Why are you here when you went up to the top of the mountain? Yeah, hopefully not when you're climbing up. There. <laughs> Otherwise, turn around and start heading back down the mountain. Yeah. You know, Paul, he's the one who also said Sinai is in Arabia, Galatians uh, yep. 425, yep. I believe. Yeah. And so when you have him specifically say that, yeah. now you have debates about where this Arabia was for his lifetime, you know, the Roman period. Did it include the Sinai Peninsula? Well, no matter what, we do know 100% it does include Northwest South. Saudi Arabia, yeah. where Jebel Makla and Jebel Allah's is. Um, so this Arabia that he talks about definitely includes the area we're in right now. And it, and it was said to be the largest mountain, I think, in the ancients. It was said to be the largest yeah, mountain in Midian. Uh, Josephus, they taught, though these are historians back around the time of Christ, uh, they do mention that it was uh, this um, mountain range or, or the biggest mountain in the area. Yeah. And that's what you have. You have this Jebel Allah's peak, and then you have these sister peaks including, uh, yeah. down south to where we're at, to um, Jebel Makla. And, and everything fits where you have the plain uh, where the Israelites would have been camped coming right up to the base of this mountain. And so when Moses and the Israelites come out of their tents from where they're encamped, and you'll see this in person, where they can walk from the tents to the base of the mountain. And then right there, Moses can go up and down the mountain a couple times. You know, it has to, everything has to work perfectly for this to be Mount Sinai. And so the geographical evidence um, is spot on. Yeah. And, and, and you've also that. got this uh, this other stuff. I mean, around the mountain, you've got this proto-Hebrew writing everywhere. Um, the soles of the feet marked, which is God said everywhere the soles of your feet go. There's Moses' altar and pillars, these 12 pillars, which are some interesting things as well. well. You know, when we were there in 2016, our very first trip, uh, I have it's kind of a long story, but I'll shorten it. We were, you know, again, sneaking around. There's no tourist visas. And so one of our guys does not come back. Um, we had four who stayed longer with us. And the one guy, a retired Air Force guy, he's usually on time, but he, he goes off on his own, doesn't return to the car. We're all there waiting, so we can't find him. Uh, we go searching for him, and finally, um, I walked down into this area where the Saudis had put the fence around Mount Sinai that's now broken down. But um, right near there, I find these baby goats that were abandoned by their mothers. Uh, their mother. Holy and, cow. Uh, yeah, so we, I pick up the goats, and that's when our friend finally shows up. But because we were looking for him, we found the baby goats. We take it to the SUV. Like, what do we do with these two little goats that were just born? They're very hungry. They're making a lot of noise. And so we said, let's go take it to the locals. And we go to the nearby, there's a gas station now at the base of Mount Sinai. We go to the nearby gas station. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, the yeah, Moses' gas station. We meet a whole bunch of locals who are there because of the summer heat. They're from Tobuk, yeah. the nearby city. They come up to the mountains to kind of relax, and it's a higher elevation, so it's cooler temperatures. And they said, hey, let's. Have, do you know that this is, they call it Jabal Musa, the Mountain of Moses. Okay. We'll show it to you. And we acted, we played dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> we had just climbed the day before to the summit, and that morning we're sneaking around the base of the altar of Moses. We didn't say anything. We're like, oh, really? This is Jabal Musa? <laughs> so we end up going with this guy. They take us through the fence. Out in the open, like we're holy cow! We're walking all the way to the altar, of Moses. Um, like the twenty-minute walk from the gas station, or ten-minute, whatever. And the guy starts explaining to us. One of the guys who spoke broken English. He said that these, uh, what we call animal corrals, this uh, you know narrow uh, stone structure there that's like an L shape. Yeah. He said the animals would come down this way. They'd turn right to the uh, on the other end of the L shape. The animals were killed here, and this was the altar. And this is exactly the area where the Saudi archaeologist in, I believe it was the mid-1990s when they finally excavated some of that area, they found layers of ash right there at that one spot where this other local 
is just you know randomly telling us that this is Mount Sinai, the mountain of Moses, and he's explaining the whole process of how the animals are sacrificed to us. And I'm videoing this. You know, they had no problem telling this. But it's just amazing. Kind of was here in uh, 1985, his second trip. The Lord David Fazel, Hina Jabal Musa. Here's the mountain of Moses. Now, why would a local out of the middle of nowhere here in northwest Saudi Arabia want to tell someone that this is Mount Sinai? Obviously, they had a tradition that was passed down because other you have the traditional Mount Sinai across the Gulf of Aqaba in Egypt. And so, you know, everything to geography, to historical documents point that to this area being the area where Mount Sinai is to be located. Yeah. And, and then you've got, of course, the incredible split rock. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just uh, words can't describe this, you know, this, this yeah. structure, this place. No, that's, and that was the most amazing thing I saw on my first trip. You know, the, uh, uh, on that first trip, we had many miracles besides meeting these locals and having them explain everything to us, but also climbing to the top of the mountain. Uh, but the most uh, spectacular thing was seeing the split rock. And, you know, it's bigger th in person than you can imagine. And it's on this hilltop too. So, um, I, I, to me, that's a very special location, and I've camped there a couple times overnight. Um, I love getting my drone. Wow! Uh, my, excuse me. I, I love getting my drone out there and just flying it around the rock. Yeah, it's amazing there. Yeah, we've got some. Uh, there's some great video too that he has. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube and uh, on his website at uh, the website Discovered Media. Right? DiscoveredMedia.com. Uh, uh, nope. DiscoveredSinai.com. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Discovered Media is, but, I think, uh, is your that's right, that's right. Uh, YouTube channel. I hold the domain names, but now I need to route people to Discovered Sinai since you said that. <laughs> <The> people can <laughs> type it in, but they're going to go nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, but, uh, Sinai, but, yeah. but, but check that out. I mean, you can, you know, you can do this. You can, you can go see all of these places. I just think it's one of the most amazing things, man. I can't wait to be a part of this myself. But uh, what do you think? See, this brings up to me this, this topic of Bible stories, because um, I, I really wanted to do this series because I wanted people to see that there is evidence for these Bible stories. I went all the way through seminary, got a doctoral degree, did all this stuff. And I went to a conservative seminary, but there's a lot of seminaries out there that will teach you things. There's a lot of authors that say there's no evidence for the Exodus. There's no evidence for whatever, for Moses, for people having writing at the, at the time of Moses and all this stuff, which there is. You just, you know, you just don't know about it. But, you know, what does this kind of stuff say to the importance of Bible stories being true, Andrew? Because I know, obviously, this is important for you. It has a lot of significance for you. You mentioned, you know, camping out uh, in a tent at, at, at the Split Rock there, um, you know, climbing to the top of Mount Sinai and having, you know, thoughts of, wow, this is like where God and the elders of Israel met and, and Moses. And, uh, you, you know, in a day and age where people can look at especially some of these ancient Bible stories, not, not necessarily Christ. I mean, a lot of Christians will even say, you know, I believe in Jesus, but, you know, do we really know what happened? Um, what, what, is, what is this location? What do some of these finds, what do they say to the importance of Bible stories being true? Well, you know, by faith, we believe that the, these things happened. Uh, there's an aspect of uh, uh, where you have people who need more physical proof these days, I think. Yeah. Uh, that just believe in by faith. So uh, we can call them the doubting Thomases. You know, he heard that Jesus was resurrected, but for himself, he needed to see the actual proof. Uh, um, and Christ showed it to him. 
So I don't think there's anything wrong. Some people will say, well, you know, we believe everything happened by faith, so we don't need to go find the physical proof for these biblical events. Well, since we know that these stories are true, we believe they're true, um, used in science like archaeology, which looks at the cultural remains of these you know, ancient civilizations and events and places mentioned in the Bible, there should be evidence there since, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, unless the stories are made up. So I believe that there's evidence from the Midianites living in this area. And the biblical account says that's where the burning bush was. And that's where Jethro lived. And so just using that, um, it just adds more, um, uh, I don't know, as a believer for myself, it, it makes it more special, more special to be able to be at a place where you realize that these events happen. Yeah. And then for those who are honestly searching for truth and need that extra physical evidence and they need to see the real Mount Sinai themselves or watch a video about it, then I think God has provided that extra physical proof for them. Yeah. And there are people out there, whether they're um, you know, non-Christians or um, you know other religions that need to see that these events mentioned in the Bible did happen. And so I, and that's why I think it's really important for them. It might not be important for you or me who, who already believe by faith that, you know, the Red Sea crossing happened. But um, for those who need to see the exact spot. Yeah. Um, well, I believe in the story, yeah, they might need that. I, I would say it's important I, I for us, for me, because I, you know, it's, it really, it's a faith builder. I mean, it's like, yeah, it is one thing to, to be a Christian and to accept things by faith. And, and we do that. But when you're told by other people who say that they're people of faith, that some of this stuff is myth, you know, that's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, a, that's a challenging hurdle. And I think not only to see it, but for me, the amazing thing is, and not even having seen it in person yet, but just seeing pictures and all this stuff, like the scale of it is just, un, it's amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it really adds this whole level of not just credibility to the, the Bible stories, the, this, you know, un, uh, this underwater walking path that you have going across the Red Sea, and, and all these things fit the way the Bible says that they fit. It, some people don't see them because they don't want to see them. You know, they, they don't want to see the, the truth of it. The, the evidence is right there. We talked about this with Noah's Ark and the rock, sedimentary rock layers. Some people see millions of years. Some people see a global flood. I mean, it, yeah. looking at the exact same evidence. It's And so, but from the perspective of a, of a believer, I mean, it's incredible. The scale of it, it, it makes me realize how big God is, that God did this. He ripped the, the sea apart to save his people. And, and you see evidence of that, and it's just such a huge faith builder, even well, from somebody who does believe, already split, believe. You see the giant split rock and realize the Bible says 600,000 men alone left Egypt to include the women and children. And then they said a mixed multitude, yeah. and then they had their flocks and herds. You know, it was quite a group that came out there. So you see these Renaissance paintings that everyone lined up with a teacup. <laughs> water out of a drip like a little I, spring it doesn't make sense but what you yeah. believe is the real site and they're like wow it, you know in the psalms it says you know david wrote that rivers of water came out of uh, the, the, the the rocks and he, and he split the rocks for them in the wilderness and you see a giant split rock and evidence of erosion and you can just the pictures and the stories come alive they do yeah You're saying it's builder it's something that you can physically go and see now i don't um think that everyone has to you know, spend money to go over here to 
otherwise, you know, <laughs> I, I, that's not why I'm trying to promote like tours and make money. But I do believe that you know you can watch on YouTube, you can watch on you know on the internet and buy books about this. You can see these actual sites um, and pictures or or yourself that the stories are real. And uh. I, I still don't understand why there are Christians and uh, and you know them that want to say that the Red Sea happened in a marshy uh, lake. Yeah, the Reed uh, Sea, but, right. Yeah, the Reed Sea, and and, at the, and there's no are trapped here, the mountain yeah. mountains. No, Josephus, like they could just walk across it <laughs> without it being yeah, parted. They walk, yeah, they yeah. walk around it. Uh, yeah. Just, like, why would this be? That's why people don't believe it because you took the, you took yeah. the stories that were like you know massive events, massive miracles, and you right. made it to this a puny little uh, yeah miracle. It, it gives you a heart for the Israelites. Yeah, I mean, I, when I see these stories and I, I see the mountains and I see the Red Sea, I, what it makes me realize oh, yeah. is that th this had to be terrifying for the Israelites. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being stuck, hemmed in by cliffs and mountains, impassable? Here comes Pharaoh's army, and there's no way you're going to be slaughtered and, and, and dead. You're going to be wiped out, and then all of a sudden God rips open the sea he makes a way through and he he smites your enemies i mean and it's it's just it's also a, a picture for us i mean it's a literal story that happened but it's a picture for us as believers and and people who have been put into christ um about what he does for us what he did for us he made a way for us to know him and he makes a way for us in the middle of all of our battles it today you know what i'm here in youngstown ohio like He's, he makes a way for me in this culture to, you know, share share his gospel with other people, uh, you know, well, and, and around the world. Paul, and, and he does the same thing for others. You know, Paul mentions that, too. Was it First Corinthians 10, I think, where he says that these were examples. Like these yeah, 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 yeah. As examples for us. So we we do not do what they did, you know, with the Israelites <laughs> out here in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I've been out here um, walking. Like one time we went in that Elam Oasis Canyon. And we hiked three and a half miles one way without water because we we kept looking at the Google Maps thinking, oh, we'll get to that next oasis. And we kept walking, walking. And we left our water in the SUVs by the coast. By the time we did the round trip, seven miles in the hot uh, end of April sun, um, I can understand why they complain. You know, sometimes you yep. wonder, like, you know, God has given them water, given them manna. <laughs> <laughs> open the sea for them. He has a cloud over them, keeping them shaded from the sun. Why are they complaining? But then when you're out here, you realize there's no trees around. Yeah, and, and they had to be terrified at all these things yeah. they saw happen. I mean, I can't even, it gives you a heart for the for Israel. And, and to, honestly, I think it gives us much, a much clearer perspective on the things we do. Uh, because we do the yeah, same things so, with yeah. God all the time, you know. And uh, He's done so much for us. Yeah. Yet we're, we're, it's easy for us to doubt or complain. Yeah, amen. Um, I don't know if, are you still there? I don't know if we just lost your audio. No, no oh, okay, okay, good. I'm just checking. Uh, it went quiet for a second there. But yeah, you know what, Andrew? That about wraps it up, man. I We did a, a, tr a tremendous, uh, I think, a couple of interviews here with you and, and spent some good time together. Really appreciate you. I mean, is there just anything kind of in closing that encapsulates this whole Sinai experience? Why, you know, what, what would you want to say to people about Sinai, about maybe what they should do with this information? Um, you know, book a tour, you know, share it, share it with, with other people. I mean, you know, share Christ with other people. I don't know what, like what would kind of be your closing thought, your takeaway, your application step? Well, you know, back to what Paul was talking about, 
once you realize how God um, that first realize that he can save you, you see the mountains surrounding you, the Red Sea in front of you, God will provide a way. Uh, you have to make that first step. You, uh, like you know, Moses told them to be silent. And they were complaining to him, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? And he said, be silent. <laughs> Today you'll see the salvation of the Lord. And then uh, even him, he needed to have that faith building experience, you know, strike the water, or use the, you know, the staff that I gave you. And uh, I think that's the big thing that um, whether you come out here on a tour through my uh, uh, tours or through my, for Ryan Rose or someone else's, uh, you know, that's great to come out here. Uh, but I don't think everyone needs to come out here and physically see it. You can watch this stuff online and you can present it to your friends. Uh, I was so excited when I first learned about this proof of the Bible from, you know, uh, Ron Wyatt and looking at the biblical evidence for Noah's Ark, uh, the archaeology for the, you know, the Exodus route and Mount Sinai that I started, you know, sharing it. And now I have a YouTube channel where I make videos to share with people. And I, and I think everyone can do their part in um, shepherds uh, who need that physical evidence that the Bible is real. Yeah. And I think the bottom line is we want people to come to know Christ. <laughs> to know, to know, he was the fulfillment of all of these stories, of all of these yes. things that we read about—the flood and in the Exodus—and it all points to him. And you know, that's that's what this ministry, Gospel Ministries, is all about. But I mean, uh, I think that's kind of our end game. You know, we want we want people to know Jesus. So, Andrew, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you. And uh, you. I guess we're just gonna just gonna wrap it up. There. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, super excited to uh to join you out there i think it's going to be so cool and can't wait to see the stuff in person but uh yeah 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 thanks so much man and uh if if you are watching this and you haven't done so go check out uh discoveredsinai.com that's the correct one this time discoveredsinai.com uh, you can also look up uh, videos on with andrew on youtube um just absolutely incredible and uh we're we're praying for you that you know, uh, honestly, that God really uses this to uh, to bless you in a special way. We know that it has us, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks again, Andrew. God bless you, man. And God bless folks, you. we will see you next time.